Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to your Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. Uh, If there's one thing that Fox News has perfected, it's that like having outrage for the sake of attention. You know what I mean? Like just being outraged about something just to piss people off. And it is currently the staple of social media, but Fox News really invented or at least popularized this like process of false outrage. And one of their favorite things to be outraged about is things around the holidays. And this year is no different. So Jesse Waters, he's one of the the douchebag hosts who always will, he he wants to be the Bill O'Reilly, but he'll never be the Bill O'Reilly. And you can Mm -hmm. see in his eyes. He replaced Tucker Carlson. He replaced Tucker. He'll never be Tucker. He'll never be Bill. And you can see he's just so hungry to be it, but he can't be it. It ain't gonna happen. Mm -hmm. But Jesse Waters featured two inclusive Target products on his show, a Pride Nutcracker, which, Let's be real. That basically sells itself. And um, <laughs> and a black Santa in a wheelchair. And Waters had uh, Riley Gaines, who's a former swimmer and anti-trans activist, on to talk about it. Let's play a clip of what she said. It doesn't make sense. You have to ask yourself, you know, why do they keep pushing this? Who are they trying to appeal to? Because despite how what the media portrays or how politicians are voting, this doesn't represent the overwhelming majority of how this country, really how the world, feels on this issue. I I think majority of people, parents especially, uh, they can acknowledge that gay nutcracker and black disabled Santa uh, has gone way too far. The pendulum has swung. Wait. The pendulum swung too far, guys. Wait, 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 wait. All right. So so I I guess my assumption is the gay uh, nutcracker is like somewhat sexualized? No, is that- no, not no, at all. No, it not literally at all. is a nutcracker, the traditional nutcracker but- with a rainbow on it. Okay, so, well, right, rainbow, so we'll, it's pretty gay. I mean, it's we'll, got like we'll, sorry, Brent. It's just it's rainbow flag, and then there's a a Santa in the same yeah. picture. That's okay. Well, so we'll we'll get back to that. But I mean, absolutely objectively, why would you be offended if Santa is black and in a wheelchair? Like, yeah. wh- like since when is that there? Like, I understand Fox News has ne- never been a huge ally of the community, and I'm I'm used to it, and I <laughs> I can deal with it. But like, are they they're going after? the concept that Santa could be black and that 
Dude, it might sound a little silly that Santa's in a wheelchair, but like, why is that offense? How could that be offensive to anyone? Also, Megyn Kelly on Fox News years ago literally said Santa is white. Yeah. And I mean, she was talking about a fictional character, but very seriously, like, like added fuel to the fire in Fox News's fight to keep Christ in Christmas. And they only they're they they literally uh, and single handedly fuel the idea that there's some war on Christmas Mm -hmm. by leftists and Jews, I guess, and blacks. That's just it. That's what I don't understand is that like I don't ever remember there being an aggressive campaign to take the word Christmas out of anything ever really it has never it's never been offensive to me either before i converted or after i converted but also like there it it felt it's from the very beginning when that this outrage over happy holidays or saying merry christmas started it always felt like a false outrage it felt like a means to make people angry from the very beginning yeah for no real reason it's it's victimization of people who are in the majority yeah yeah, like but you, do you want to know? Do you want to know? Uh, do you want to hear the curveball of of the century, though? Uh, so I never thought. I, I to me, Happy Holidays is just logistically makes sense because there are multiple holidays. The, yes, I understand that Hanukkah isn't celebrated by everyone, but there's Hanukkah, there's Christmas, and there's also New Year's. Yeah. So even if you're a you know a God fearing Christian, you have Christmas, you have New Year's. Like happy holidays makes sense. Yeah. But, and I'm sure she wouldn't love if I said this. My mom is a die in the wool liberal Democrat, but she thinks happy holidays is sometimes a little silly and she says Merry Christmas to people. <gasps> really? Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. What's the yeah. what's and, the and logic behind mom, it? Yeah, she's just like, oh, it's it's like it's so silly. It's like m- almost everyone celebrates Christmas. I mean, we are atheists, but we celebrate Christmas. Like, yeah, of and course. so she's like, yeah, I just, I just say, I just say Merry Christmas. But of what course, would she you know, say? She, of course, has Jewish friends and she would never say it to a Jewish person. But like, but how do you know? Uh, that's the thing. That's, that's just it though. Like they, that, it falls on the precipice of that. You know, the person is Jewish and does thus does not celebrate Christmas. But in general, if you're just saying goodbye or hello or whatever, having greetings to like a target employee, let's say, and you're leaving the store with their bag of stuff and they say happy holidays to you then do you just say Merry Christmas back, not knowing who they are, where they're coming from? Like that. I mean, she's not anti-happy holidays, but I, but, but she, you know, I, I think if someone says Merry Christmas, she'll say Merry Christmas back. But see, that's and... where the logic comes in. Like what you were saying about, it's just logist, it's just logical to say happy holidays because of the fact that when I leave, I don't know this woman who works at Target, this cashier's life at Target. So I'm not going to say something that might not be applicable to her. I'm just going to say, yeah, well, happy holidays. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it just yeah. makes sense yeah. to me. No, I mean, it, it 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 makes sense to me. It covers all the bases. But um, I'm just, it's so like, it's so needlessly mean spirited. So to be against mean spirited, yeah, be against a black Santa in in a wheelchair. Like that's just like, like that's just cruel. To, how how is there? Like, again, and I, you know, I'm receptive to the notion that sometimes. You know, our society and social media and whatever makes us do silly things in the name of politics these days. Like, I get it. And sometimes I see T-shirts or whatever that I think are a little extreme, uh, what in one one direction or another politically. You mean like the, the one that, you like, sent us earlier that says, it's just it, ain't, <laughs> it ain't the weekend till I'm getting my pussy ate. <laughs> pussy ate. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, that was a uh, T-shirt I have I had printed. Um, 
That said, I like to to, to be against a black Santa in a wheelchair is yeah. is just I I I know I keep saying it. It's just cruel. Well, and that's the thing is that doesn't make sense. The 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 side arguing this sort of like war on Christmas. Their their argument is stemmed from them being primarily Christian and them being the idea of that it is a Christian right. holiday, a Christian holiday of giving of being kind of, of 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 being you know aware of your fellow man if you will and yet they are actively doing the opposite by making it an aggressive mean holiday by saying oh racialized well, you're I mean, doing this wrong you're not celebrating it right when it's like well i mean if someone barged into your house and told you you were celebrating christmas incorrectly like i feel like that would be a bit of an invasion and that's exactly what they're kind of doing it's just insane it really is insane. it's just i mean but it's also like proto fox news to me it's like yeah. a smarmy you know a smarmy news news anchor uh you know who's i, I don't think surprisingly young and young and blonde and white mm -hmm. you know talking in this really smarmy way about uh two things that quite honestly who like who cares like yeah. Why would Riley Gaines and, and, <laughs> give a that, shit? And that's that's sort of that's what you go back to, which is you know I'm obviously I'm always harping on quitting social media, but like even if you're conservative, how can you watch drivel like that, right? Well, and say and and continue to 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 stay as tuned and you know clued in as ever before. Like that's just like insane to me. Well, the whole reason and, why they're on Fox News and I use they them pronouns for her because or for them because they hate it. They hate yeah, it. She's like an anti-trans that and that's what I mean. The only reason why they're on the network is because of the language they use that's anti-trans. That's their only qualification. Sure they were an Olympic swimmer, but that's not why they're on Fox News. They're on Fox News because of the crazy anti-trans things that they tweet. The one thing that I will say that's interesting about this is the Target CEO, he gave an interview recently to CNBC sort of talking about the aggressive behavior from the right of, around a lot of the Pride merch. And even though they've, st they've stayed, they took some merchandise down during the height of sort of that aggressive behavior. Um, they've, of course, committed and recommitted to having Pride merch in the stores and stuff. But he said that what I saw back in May is the first time since I've been in this job where I had store members saying it's not safe to come to work. And oh which is God. like and and he went on to say, like, and we're talking like during covid, we're talking during the Black Lives Matter protests that were happening all mm. around the country with many of the stores, you know, being impacted by it. He was like, I've never heard that from employees. It's during this campaign, this aggressive campaign from the right on pride merchandise specifically and the Bud Light stuff that. He was like, our employees were actively afraid, and that is why we made the decisions we made. Which, in a weird way, I don't like supporting this sort of like CEO of this company because I'm sure he has only business on his mind. But that said, I'm also like, yeah, I wouldn't want to be an employee put in that position either. You know what I mean? They're just trying yeah. to make some money. Yeah. The irony about all this, or not about this topic, but I'm obsessed with the fact that Jesse Waters, his mom is like fiercely democratic, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, like outright democratic and called in on his first show. Uh, and I'm just pulled this up, but she's, she called in on his first show and told him to, um, to do no harm. I believe she said, and she told Fox news that they should take less interest in other people's bodies. I just love her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's awesome. That is great. She is making it better. Hey.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not even joking. We're here today with Sarah Tapscott, who is a comedy writer. Um, I never call you Sarah, but uh, <laughs> we always you're just known as Tapscott in, in my world. Are you like a Madonna um, where you we, just have one name? I feel like it's more like I'm – I feel like Elliot's my coach. <laughs> like that's how – like calling me by my last name is real bro. I love it. <laughs> I feel like in general, like at, when we wrote on New Girl together, everyone called you Tapscott. And yeah. I don't know if that's a general thing. I don't know if that's the vibe. but. Um, I know you're currently writing on the co- uh, the sex wow, lives of college girls. Great. The sex lives of college yeah, girls. Fantastic mm-hmm. show. I love it. Are you are you called Tapscott in that room? That's such a good question. I <laughs> is it is it are we sure? <laughs> um, because I genuinely I don't know, and uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm like I think people maybe a little. I was so used to people calling me Tapscott and like Tappy. Yeah. Like when I was younger, like Tappy was a real thing. Was that your nickname when Um, you were younger, Tappy? I feel like in high school people called me Tappy. I never chose it. It was, you know, given to me. And uh, But I feel like in this room some people do, and it almost feels awkward to hear it because I don't think it's normal in that room. But I like it. It feels like, listen, like we're old pals. I'm a big one on accepting your nicknames and rolling with it. There oh, was a guy I knew. Uh, there was a guy I knew in Michigan who we called him Cookie. His name was Brian Cook. We called Cookie. him Cookie, and and he was he was a little bit of a stiff guy. So that I think in, baked into the nickname was the joke that like he's sort of like cold. Yeah. And right. he, at, at like three or four months in, he's like, I I don't want to be called that anymore. <laughs> So yeah. we're like, well, then you're definitely going to be called. Well, no, I don't think I don't think you should accept nicknames because when I was in fifth grade, there was two. I, my real name is Scott Honiger, and there were two Scott H's in classes. There was Scott Heaton and me, Scott Honiger, and so he was Scott mm. H E, and I became Scott H O, thus Scotty Ho. Calling a child yeah. a hoe is not an appropriate <laughs> <Yeah>. nickname. <laughs> Look, that, that's fair. I, I won't disagree with that, Alan. I mean, we can certainly agree on that. What I really don't like is when people try to start their own nicknames. Yes. Like if I, oh, that, ooh, I mean, Jesus. it's almost, yeah. I mean, I guess, I think there was maybe one time where people asked me, and I was like, well, people sometimes call me tappy and you're like what if i that's an immediate doesn't no one will take on to that um no. absolutely elliot i feel like we pa- we called you elliot we know like what else there's really what, no what have you been for called elliot. i mean yeah. i sometimes say ellie but like there really is no nickname for elliot yeah yeah, yeah. some people call me ellie but or, or l um mm. i don't like when people at, like choose to call me l when i've met them right away mm. that always weirds me out and i've definitely come across that in I will say a pattern of toxic men. <laughs> yeah. And wait, call you men, L? Men call you L? Yeah, there have been some partners of P 
people in my life who have been like, oh, yeah, L. And I'm like, oh. we just met. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, all right. That's too all right. much. Yeah. When people force nicknames like onto that. people, like uh, like when they first meet you, that becomes a little Trumpy. You know what I mean? It just becomes a little like, like because like, that's what he does. He does it with anyone, like, you know, Lion, Ted Cruz, or whatever it is. Like, he just will add yeah, something yeah. onto it. No, mm-hmm. don't do that. No. Yeah. yeah, but his yeah. aren't even clever. Yeah. I mean, L is like, could be endearing, but like Lion Ted, it's like, I mean, it's always just been <laughs> yeah. like, it sounds, like, it sounds like something an evil guy in a sense. western would say. Look at Lion Ted Lion over there. Ted. <laughs> yeah, like or like a like a garbage pail kid. Yeah. I honestly now, garbage pail kids came back recently yes. in my life. Oh, and wow. somebody they did, right? Only in the sense that somebody was like, you know what I fucking love? I love the garbage pail kids. And I was rocketed back to a traumatized like I'm sorry, and if you all love those GP GP kids, I like the idea of a little kid with like fucking needles coming out of his face, and it's just like and be like, I'm like Barfy Brian. Like I was like, it's insane. It was. But the counterpoint to the garbage pail kids, the cabbage patch kids, were just as terrifying because even though they were innocent and in cabbages, they still were terrifying looking. Mm-hmm. Babies from the earth. Babies from no. from from like baby. I think cabbages are nightshades. I told you guys. Babies from nightshades. I told you guys about my grandma making me a cabbage patch doll, right? I have to tell Sarah. Oh I have no. to tell Sarah. You'll she love this. Made Sarah. you? Yes, one? we were so That's poor insane. we couldn't afford a cabbage patch doll, and so she made me a cabbage patch doll. But she thought that they were hyper realistic baby dolls, so she sewed in a little penis and balls on this baby. And I had a doll with like the tiniest little penis and balls, like fabric penis and balls. And it was Whoa. so disturbing. And I Whoa. I wish Whoa. I wish I still had it. I wish I still had it. How are we just learning I, you know, I've told about this, this to you before. Now. I know I've said it on this podcast before. I know it. Listeners, please comment if you've heard before. I know I have. Well, here's an important question. Did other did regular cabbage patch dolls have? Genitals? I don't know because I never played with one. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think I think most dolls don't have genitals because I think yeah. that is the default. Children right. Children to do skew towards exposing the genital. It's like the joke. It's like yeah. you know, kids are like, oh, well, let's you know see Barbie's pussy or whatever i don't know oh my but god like, i mean I, <laughs> no but no but like i know i wasn't the only kid that was like well what's underneath yeah the but clothes? they're not saying yes, let's see barbie's pussy as a six-year-old they're like let's <laughs> see what's under <laughs> the dress well, i mean I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm using i'm using adult language your yeah, grandmother but. sewing a tiny pussy is just like i don't know why that's worse than sewing tiny balls and dicks i don't know there's a there's a depth to it that takes too much but the i Wait, so I, what, where I thought you were going is that hyper-realistic. She was like, I you know, made it out of, like, oh. a cabbage head. <laughs> but, like, no. Like, this is, like, she's, like, oh, I really sewed the genitals. She spent a long genitals. time sewing this felt. Not felt. It was, like, a, a nylon-type. Yeah, it was a nylon-type yeah. yeah, baby fabric. And it looked very realistic. I was very proud of her as my five, six-year-old yeah. self. But then I, I yeah. like the other child, like every other child did, I took it out of its thing. And then I see a penis and balls. And I'm like, Whoa. I think it, I'm not going to I'm not so going to go further funny. with that. I was going to say something else, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Her yeah. just by the fire late at night, just <laughs> pulling the string on the tiny more balls. Like, more like sitting next to my Nazi grandpa, just yelling about things. That's what it was more like with needle and thread. Remembering the war. <laughs> I'm almost on done. On the, yeah, I'm done with the left ball sack, Tom. Just give me a second. I, 
I feel like in terms of like kids obsession, this is where you're getting me and I don't know how we ended up here, but we're in this <laughs> let's cul-de-sac. Go, let's go. The kids obsession with like um, dolls and genitalia. I definitely, I don't think I thought about genitalia as much as I just knew naked was like naughty, yeah. but also um, avant-garde. <laughs> something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. And I would just, my mom knew, she would tell me that Anytime they got me a doll, the clothes were ripped off immediately. Oh. <laughs> Naked dolls everywhere. I was like, clothes, no Wait, go. Where, did you, Just, where were you from? Where are you from? I, I am from Iowa. Oh, um, that's an interesting. Quad I, was, I was expecting that to be more of like a like a coastal situation. But in Iowa, that's very progressive. Mm-mm, no, just horny in the Midwest. <laughs> and I had nowhere to go. And I would strip the clothes off. And I do remember so specifically... I don't remember necessarily doing this, but I remember the phone call lying in bed. My mom, our washer and dryer room was like across from my room where the phone was. And I remember her getting a call late at night and her taking it and being like, "Mm, yes, yes. Oh yeah. I'll talk to her. Thanks. And then her coming into my room and being like, did you take your two Barbies and smash them together without clothes and tell Audrey that that's what women do? And I was like, uh, I did. I did. And I am not an authority on it, and I did it. And um, I, but I remember her being like, you can't do that outside of this house. It wasn't like you can't do it. It was like, just keep it indoors you yeah. heard the yeah. fact that she and, allowed you to let the barbie scissor indoors at home yeah. <laughs> just keep it out um and so that's i just knowing that i'm like oh okay i i was obsessed with some sort of like we must tell the truth um but outside of that i don't did you guys have an obsession with like dolls and like oh, taking clothes off no i definitely did but i wasn't allowed to have dolls because it wasn't like the boy thing to do so whenever Mm. I did I'd have to get them in secret or I'd have to like or my grandma would make me one and my dad would just have to deal with it but it was always very much like a like an underrater sort of like campaign for me to be able to get a doll in any kind of way like my little sister had dolls and I would definitely want to play with them and in my house my parents couldn't care less like yeah they you know do whatever you want you know they they couldn't care less but I wasn't really I was actually going to ask I feel like I mean, Cabbage Patch Dolls, not Garbage Pail Kids, but Cabbage Patch Dolls were a little bit before, slightly before our it, time. They were. Like it they were. feels yeah. like a child of the 70s kind of thing, well, right? No, I think they were introduced in the early 80s, but they were definitely before our times in terms of popularity, which is the basis of my career, oh. too. Everything that I've done since that Cabbage right. Patch Doll is one step past the popularity <laughs> mark <laughs> and they were like gross like they were like smell like they smelled like babies right? i don't think they smelled they didn't have a smell i don't know where you're getting that i think they, <laughs> I think they had a scent no i think they were supposed to smell like babies maybe and i don't know. i remember just like ugh, i don't think about they were supposed to smell like, like babies yeah like like i'm pretty sure wow i i remember there was a there was a doll that uh uh, would pee. Yes. I remember thinking that remember was kind of fun. I remember that. I was intrigued by that. And I remember there was a doll that you could feed and just the way um, it was like you would put um, uh, like a spoon near its mouth 
and the food would disappear, obviously not into the baby's mouth, but back into the spoon. But it was the, you know, yes. creating the illusion that you were feeding the baby. Yeah. And for some reason, I was obsessed with that. I wanted that. Uh, but I, we were, I wasn't like my, I had an older brother. He had He-Man action figures. Mm. So I wasn't like He-Man a doll so household. Hot. I fucking oh, loved G.I. Joe's too. G.I. Joe's to this oh, day. See, we weren't allowed. G.I. Joe was too dark for our oh, family. No. It was too like, dark. That's G.I. Joe's. Yeah. Was... Wait, wa- wait, walk me through the definition of too dark. Like, <laughs> because what? people were always dying in war. Sure. G.I. <laughs> Joe. Sure. Like, every time, every time, I honestly, I only watched that cartoon when my mom was like, you know, uh, away or upstairs or showering or something. And every time I turned it on, it, it, there was, someone was dead. Wait, I just, I'm like, Jesus, I literally just had my sake, like a Wonder Years flashback of. Of little Brent being like, mom's in the shower. Let's go watch TV. <laughs> well, it's true, right? You know, it's true. Yeah. Well, Brent's from a very, and- like, from a very, like, I would say prototypical, liberal, mm. dare I say, pacifist Ann Arbor household yeah. where they watched Nova together. So I can understand why. I can imagine, I could see your parents being against shows that were cartoons that I would, again, I don't, I didn't really watch G.I. Joe, but I feel like it pushed the, military industrial complex. Well, for what us. it's worth, I do want to throw out my dad did serve in the Navy, but I, oh. I would say largely that, yeah, um, that was certainly my mom's approach. And honestly, I don't think I fundamentally disagree. I, I don't know if you need, if a if a kindergartner needs to watch a cartoon oh, about war. No. And death. Well, I didn't need to watch the cartoon, but I did need to see the the one G.I. Joe fuck the other G.I. Joe. Like, I needed to put them in those mm, positions. Sure. That was very important sure. to me as a child. I'm sure you could find that now online if you'd like. <laughs> I'm sure I can. I'll look for that. <laughs> yeah. Now, Sarah, you, you I would say, if, if I may use the language, you came out uh, more recently Ooh. as a gay woman. Oh, Friday. you. How <laughs> dare you. Just a little baby. <laughs> I'm still playing with the dolls. Ah. Well, that's what I was going to say. So, like, when you look back in retrospect, do you feel like there was a – you had to hide or – not necessarily hide, but mute your feelings, at least if we're basing it on you as a kid getting pseudo-shamed for smashing two girl dolls together? (laughs) I mean, I don't think there was – to say hide implies an awareness. And I do not think there was even remotely an awareness. I was just obsessed with, I was just obsessed with like being desired. I didn't care what the sex was. I didn't care what it was. I definitely, I mean, like I was attracted. I remember thinking that the guy, the dark haired guy in a river runs through it who played opposite of Brad Pitt was was so handsome Mm. and like Mm. so hot. And to this day, like, yeah, like I love a mask lady who looks like that. And like, that is like, yeah, there is something, I don't think I ever thought about it at the time, but in hindsight, like, yeah, I definitely had a neighbor who would, she would come lay on me after school and I would pay her a quarter to lay on me and just talk about the day. That's such a, a Brit move. Yes. I love that. <laughs> such a Brit move. Wait, did you pay someone? 
Well, uh, we don't need to get into the weeds on that. I, we don't need to get we'll into the weeds. We'll talk about that after we're finished recording, Sarah. <laughs> okay, That's okay. amazing. She, a little empty. Do it just lay still on you? <laughs> we would talk about the day. We would take off our shirts, and then she would lay on me. And then I would just be like, so, anyway, tell me about that. Like, isn't it kind of crazy that our bus is so late? <laughs> and just, like, just talking with our shirt off. And I do remember the day that she was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh. And I was like, that's fine. I don't either. And then, of course, <laughs> and, and I just, that's, that, that was, was always, that was always the soul crushing moment when the, when the, for like a queer person, a queer younger person, when you are trying to foster your sexuality in a way that like, you know, you can't really get anywhere else. But then there are these, eventually there probably will just be straight people. They become just full-fledged straight people. But, and then their child's there to like experimenting and shit. And then when they have that moment where they're like, mm, nah, this isn't for me. It's like soul crushing. It's like, cause yeah. you know, it that's is. your one access to something. And then all of a sudden they have to go off yeah. and be straight. How boring. Yes. Well, you, even know, what, you know what's interesting though? Let me throw, let me throw out the flip side of that. This is something that I've sort of reconciled. And Shirts that's course, on. That's a, that's, a, that's a great point, Alan, of course. Uh, something I've reconciled with recently was that I was, um, I was, I remember being eager to get my friends shirtless and that sort of thing when I was younger, middle school, I'm thinking mostly middle school, kind of maybe early high school. I'm still like that. And in hindsight, <laughs> uh, in hindsight, I sometimes I feel like I was a little overzealous with, I think, a couple friends who always seem sort of reticent. Mm. And I, I'm, I'm sort of <laughs> vaguely, re I'm like vaguely regretful of that, if that makes sense. Never like, I need never to know any, the, what that actually, how it's manifested no, if you remember no, anything in nothing particular. ever aggressive or really pushy yeah. you know me i ultimately am, am very passive but i just like there were a couple there were a couple one friend in particular i was really attracted to one friend yeah. and i always used every advantage every opportunity to like touch him it like put my arm around him like yeah. buddy buddy and i remember like there was a there were m multiple moments where he was like not having it mm. body language wise mm. And I don't know. I mean, it's. But I feel like know, that's just like rooted a, in like monster, queer but. guilt because we didn't, we weren't allowed to express our sexuality in any capacity or any way. We didn't have a normal way like other straight people do to like flirt with a girl at school or ask her on a date to the prom. Yeah. So you have to do weird things like get a boner over putting your arm around your friend. <laughs> right, you know I mean? right, right. It's that's true. <laughs> like, it's think true. about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Also, like if you're if you feel like it, you're regretful of it. It's like. That it exactly speaks to what Alan was talking. I mean, same thing with Sarah. It's like the same, the same, so quote unquote regret is like, it, you should really look at it pretty empathetically. Yeah. Like you it's weren't just, doing anything to make yeah. anybody feel uncomfortable. Yeah. You were just trying to exert some sense of what made you feel yeah. different. And you probably didn't have a quarter. In a way that like wasn't Sarah, allowed. You couldn't pay him a quarter. To yeah, do right. <laughs> yeah, you I, was a, I, was a, I was a paper boy. I was loaded I was, back in there. I was going to say, you weren't um, rich enough to give them <laughs> a quarter for their body. <laughs> Wait, Sarah, I have well, to ask you. So, like, you, if you, you came out later, you know, not later in life, because that makes you sound like you're, like, you know, Vanessa Redgrave in the 80s or something <laughs> no but like you came out later in life like what that because that's such a rare process i think that often doesn't get talked about much anymore because you know of our generation we all kind of like you know there was like 20 something you're coming out or whatever so like what how has it been for your friend group and for just sort of the mm. people you're around to then be this sort of new queer person to them 
Good question for once. (laughs) (laughs) Um, First off, you can call me Tappy. Uh, Secondly, um, um, I, uh, you know, it's been, it's evolved and it's also evolved. It's basically, I see it as what's my comfort level with just being my authentic self and letting people be who they are. And that has been actually kind of hopefully the angle on it for myself because um, you know, there have been, there has been a privilege to, to some degree, right. Being in LA now, being in my thirties, um, coming out at a time when social media and friends and being on a coastal city, that it's actually, there's a lot of places to find community and celebration, having a family personally, who, even though from the Midwest, you know, for the most part have always felt quite liberal. They, during um, most of like the last, whatever, how many years during Trump time, like they were losing their minds. They were the one like blue house in a red town. And so like, right. Like, so I'm very fortunate and be almost because of that, actually, luckily they so don't want to feel super critical that they almost are overly accepting in a way. So I'm just very fortunate in that sense. So that's, that's one side. Right. And I can't not ignore that. And then the other side is, you know, you hit your mid late thirties and, um, that's normally the time when, you know, I, like I froze my eggs in my early thirties thinking I was like, okay, I'm going to, when I was still with a guy being like, I'm going to have a kid later for some reason, something just ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I will, uh, I'm going to have a kid later. <laughs> and, uh, and then you, you have these plans and you're like, I'm going to get married by 36 and I'm going to have kids by this time. And, and then suddenly when everything, um, you kind of, for me, I've gone back in time. And so having to live out certain experiences and um, have desires that feel so juvenile in a way that when paired with my friends who have multiple kids or some of them going through divorces, like so farther along in their lives. And I suddenly feel at certain times that I'm living in like my early twenties for the first time. It is hard for them to relate. It feels, but I just have to be like, this is who I am. And I cannot have shame when they're they're like, wow, that's crazy. You're out again till 4 a.m. Wow. And and I was like, I got a tattoo that I regret. And they're like, cool. (laughs) They're like, I'm pregnant with my eighth kid. And you're just like a little bit like, oh my God, am I fucking up? And that has been the biggest challenge. And also... That being said, I will like it also has been a very fast process. So going through, I don't know, this is gonna be weird, but I'm gonna show you. Okay. So like I have like so much like little kid shit around me that like Mm -hmm. inner child stuff is like so big right now. And I'm not sure if miniatures, you love miniatures. (laughs) I do love miniatures, but that's a that's a different thing, Ellie. It's a a different (laughs) freak obsession. But like, um you I don't know for you guys if it's even whether or not you were even consciously aware of it at that age, going back as an adult to um, access that kid who maybe couldn't have those voices and those experiences. And um, so it's been as long as I know that I'm being true to that kid, whatever age and stage I am in, I'm trying to feel okay with it, Mm -hmm. but it has been like a bit interesting um, especially in the comedy community, yeah. community and like going through 
you share so much on like TV shows and Elliot knows this, like where you're in a room and you're like, I shared so much about dating men and things and then coming back and being like, anyway, so let me, let me tell you, I, I like, I, I feel like I'm with a non-binary previously trans like identifying person who this, and then you're just like, all right. Like you're, everyone's like, we're trying to catch up and yeah. it's, um, it's been a little, I guess it's been interesting to try to connect with people on that, but I've been quite surprised. You know, you, you talk about sort of, um, I, I don't know how to exactly rephrase, but sort of delving back into these sort of younger obsessions that you had. And weirdly, I find myself often longing for my sexuality when I was younger mm. because it was it was purer. Uh, it was obviously, it was distant because I'd never hooked up with anyone until college. Um, and it wasn't, um, didn't have those quarters weighed down by, yeah, but it wasn't weighed down by the difficulty of actually being adult. Yeah. And like, you know, now these days, uh, dating on Grindr, dating on Tinder, trying to get people to meet you. I mean, I literally just had like a weekend of like nine people you know ghosting and or bailing yeah. and you're like i i remember the day when you could just invite a friend over you were attracted to for a sleepover and like yeah and like i i, I have moments where i'm like i long for the simplicity of that mm -hmm. you know yeah. um, it's also, so i definitely i definitely it's also kind of like what you were saying about sort of you know living in the world that you're living in which is sort of like right now at least celebrating that youthful sexual side that you probably didn't get to have when you were younger and i remember i just recently i was home in i'm from st louis and i was home in st louis and i ran into a friend from high school who like has like a like an 18 year old or something now like or a 20 year old or whatever like some ridiculous age and i made my first response, and I don't know why this was like the response that I had, but my first response was like, oh, I've probably seen porn with people that age. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. It was like this. Like, you said that out loud? I said it out loud. I said it out loud. And, and, and the face Whoa. was sort of like, whoa. And I was like, well, okay. But I mean, it's true though. And like, and if we were, if we were like amongst our friend group, it would be hilarious. But uh, to a, to a person with a 20 year old, it's not so funny. And it's like, well, they're probably, they're probably, <laughs> but I love that. I kind of love that because I, I recognize that like my life is very different intentionally because I don't respond yeah. or understand that part of my life. And I'm actually really, really glad that I get to live this sort of like, not perpetual adolescence, but perpetual sort of like hopeful for something new or something exciting. I'm open to the excitement of life. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I as will say, as... no, go ahead, Elliot, please. No, I was going to say that as, as interesting and cha potentially challenging as it can be, like, you know, you, you are getting to sort of start over mm -hmm. and like, again, of course it's, you know, at, at, with women, it's so much harder and there's even so there's that much more societal pressure mm -hmm. to, you know, settle down quote unquote or marry and have kids yeah. but at the same time like <laughs> but this is like this is your this is your life and like it's it's and you also I, I think embodied like I've never been so happy for somebody to come out because <laughs> I was just like whoa she is just emanating this like queer joy I've never seen somebody like enjoy pride this much wow. like, <laughs> like like really do it up like tr globe it really felt like globe trotting you know just like so much joy and like community and i'm like that looks 
fun. Well, that's <laughs> that good fun. to hear. I was that's, really happy for you. Elliot, that's so lovely to hear. And I will say a shout out to Elliot. Like we, during the strike, I mean, granted the strike gave me a lot of time. Of <laughs> I was like, well, I got about six months. Didn't know it at the time. Thought it was one month. Turned out to be six to just be a fucking rage, like an insane human being. <laughs> and so, but like I, a lot of dancing. Oh, so much dancing. Um, and I will say that Elliot was so lovely. Like we, you know, did our picketing slash then going straight to Bob's big boy. And, uh, and then like talking about this and feeling, um, so just kind of seen and celebrated with you was nice because it is a thing where, you know, like you lose, I, I, for me, it's all about, and I don't know if you guys have this. I always was just looking for benchmarks, whether it's career or life of like, am I okay? Am I enough? Did I do it right? Did I do anything right? Yeah. And we just want to see reflections of that. And um, I think early on when I realized like, okay, I'm going to really go for this and honor this part of me that is like screaming. Like I can't deny this anymore. It's like my inner kid, like Kool-Aid man down the door and was just like, we want women. (laughs) And I was like, all right, like calm the fuck down. And so I was like, let's go. And if I, but as I was doing that, what I do think was nice is I was like, I'm going to have to parent this kid. Right. So to parent my inner thing, I found like a queer sex therapist online and she was like, you need to go out and you need to have, you need to see as many possible reflections of what it is to be queer in this world as possible. And I was like, I really don't think that's necessary. I'm happy. (laughs) I've got a couple of friends and she was like, you really have to. And finally, and then I was like, I think we're done. And I ended our sessions. And then I went (laughs) and immediately when I went out in the world, I realized she was right because I needed to see that I wasn't just trying to be like, how do I live a straight life? But within my queerness, like how do I needed to see what the options were so that everything came from a choice of agency. Mm-hmm. Everything was purposeful and intentional. And so in order to do that, I have to know what's on the menu. And turns out fucking everything, everything. is. Yeah. So that's, that's what I needed to see. Yeah. Yeah, oh, well. yeah I'm glad because I think, you know, ultimately it was like, I hopefully I, I think I gave you the, I, I hope that I could give you the permission to see that like it, it as much as it, what we always talk about at least on, in our podcast and among us as friends is that it can also be really hard and that people don't talk about that enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's like, I mean, our podcast is called you're making it worse for, for a reason. Yeah. So we can complain about other gay guys, but uh, you know, still just, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy yeah. for you. And I'm so I glad love you when seen... people come out like later in life. I think it's, I always tell them, make sure you have health insurance and lick everything. You know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> just go crazy. Just go crazy, but have that health insurance. Keep that up to date. You'll need it, trust me. <laughs> well, Sarah, where, you've been such a delightful guest. Where can people find you on the internet? Where can they If you want them you? to. If you want them to. Oh, um, I am, I guess like Instagram. Oh boy. Find me on Instagram, slide in there. <laughs> Ladies, please. Um, it's, I'm on Sarah Tap. Uh, yeah, I'm not on, I'm not on threads. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm yeah. on threads. I'm not on threads. Is you anyone on you threads? You don't need it. No, no one's on, on threads. threads. Your social media is, is joyful, but also I respect that you don't feel a need to 
fuel it necessarily. But there are some great pictures on there. There's some good pics. We've taken pics. We're keeping... I will say I have done my due diligence to know most every queer uh, lady-leaning event. Photographer. Photographer and lady-leaning event in Los Angeles. (laughs) I'm happy to share those uh, at any point. You can see me dancing out there. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> well, Go you. see your dance in the world. Well, thank you, Sarah, Thanks, so Tappy. much. Thanks, Tappy. Oh, that was so fun. Of course, fun. yes. And another thing. So, it it's come up a few times recently where I will be having a conversation on Hinge with someone. And there's just something about the conversation that strikes me as either too generic or too bizarre to be real. And in a few instances, I've started to wonder if I'm actually chatting with a robot profile. And so I want your guys' take on this. And I also, of course, want our listeners' take on it uh, as well. Um, So on Hinge, I matched with this guy. And I'll be the first to acknowledge all... um, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm like struggling to read my own fucking notes. Uh, Okay, so I'll be the first to acknowledge all of what I'm about to share very well could just be the result of a quirky conversation with an eccentric person. Yeah, I I get that. That said, I still think it it's it's just a little bit too askew to be from a human. So anyway, so let's start. So I went back to his profile and I read one of his prompts and it was sort of a red flag to begin with. Uh, and I wanted to read it to you. One of his prompts on Hinge said, we'll get along if dot, dot, dot. <laughs> you love live oak trees, which is to me a weird prompt. Like why would you have to qualify the, that the oak trees are live? Right. But anyway, so that's the beginning. So we matched and we started chatting. <clears throat> His first message to me was a link of my own standup. Oh. Now this might seem like the least robotic thing to do, be, um, but there was something so bizarre about receiving a link. Like, why would you send me a clip of myself? I've gotten right. That. Like you've never seen it before. It's creepy. <laughs> like I've never seen it. It's before. creepy when they send you their reactions to your Google search of you. Like it's very creepy. It's, and, and I guess the other thing, the addendum I was going to add is I have gone on a lot of dates. I've chatted with a lot of people on apps over the, over these many years. And fucking 99.5% of them do nothing to learn anything about you. So I'm already surprised. What's your name? Yeah. Who are you? Oh, honey. Who are you, honey? Uh, we agreed so, to go on a date. <laughs> right. Why are you all of a sudden mad? So anyway, so so that caught me off guard. So let's get to our conversation. Um, all right. One of his messages, uh, was Michigan alums tend to be some of the most interesting people. Uh, now that to me was sort of like faux flattery, but also just like, again, skewed almost too generic. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. The the most interesting people. The most interesting people. Um, he said another message he sent said, I'm flattered by every like I receive. I instantly found you hunky as several of your photos show things that are turn-ons for me. I'd never swipe left in such an instance. Now, let me clarify. 
all of my pictures are selfies where you can't see the background minus one where I'm at the gym. And as we all know, gym pics are like a dime a dozen on gay hinge. So I thought that in and of itself was like, again, the phrasing was so generic. All of uh, several of your photos show things that are turn ons for me. I would never swipe (laughs) left in such an instance. Yeah. It's like, are you, are you a, yeah, I don't know if you're a robot. I it's it, yes. Is this another like? Are you it's, translating another language? Like well, it sounds like Google Translate. That's what I'm. That's what I was wondering the whole time. What if he's foreign and he's literally just using Google Translate and copying and pasting? Uh, that's so, an interesting possibility. It's definitely a possibility. So, but let's continue. He's he said this on why he joined the apps. He said, "Quote: It all started when I saw this incredibly hot Japanese guy on YouTube." I thought, quote, wow, I wonder if I could find guys like that who are interested in relationships on dating apps. Now, this to me is the weirdest statement of all. This is a 32-year-old man saying, I joined a dating app because I saw a good-looking person on YouTube. It doesn't even... It doesn't doesn't even like register as like like human to me. No, No. it doesn't. It doesn't. I Um, I mean... I don't get the intent of it being like a bot, you know, but I feel like it feels more like Google Translate to me. So, yeah, no, I I totally hear you. So this is my suspicion. I'm obviously not an AI expert. My suspicion has been that bots can can accrue a ton of colloquial conversations via dating apps. So that's just been, and and again, I'm sure maybe an AI expert would tell me that this is not how we do it, blah, blah, blah. But my, that's sort of my, that's where my head goes. Like, if you want to create a system that speaks naturally, you will get a lot of natural, casual conversations on dating apps. Yeah. Um, you asked for his Instagram, right? So I also, and, and yeah, so long story short, at the end of this, uh, I kept just being like, I don't know if this guy's real. He actually was cute. And I was, I liked his pictures. So I asked for his Instagram and he's <laughs> he sent it to me, and it was one of those Instagrams that has not one picture of the person. It was oh, only nature pictures. Yeah. And and then I think I even conceded. I was like, "Hey, man, I'm just like I I just don't. I'm not entirely sure that you're real." And then he sent me a picture. Uh, he sent me a, the, the URL to his website, and that was down. So his website was down, but his website had his name. And, huh. and, but it was like, you know, you know, when you go to a website and it's like, you know, forbidden yeah, 404. Or, yeah, yeah, 404. So what do you think? What do you, uh, Alan, what do you think? Well, I, you say that I was looking at, so like Snapchat has sort of like a AI person that you can talk to. So I was like, maybe I should ask them what they think about this. <laughs> do they use bots on dating apps? Um, I, I don't, I don't see, I, I don't get why it would be a bot unless it's like a phishing thing where they're trying to get your information. But that also feels like a lot of work for a lot of, for a little payback. You know what I mean? In, if it Uh was a bot. So part of me just thinks it was just like a weird person who doesn't speak English. Mm. Like they're trying to from another country. No, he went to UCLA and he, he, he I have claimed to be like a, like a programmer and writer. I have, my 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 Snapchat AI assistant yeah. has said 
Yes, some dating apps use bots to stimulate conversations. They're programmed to respond to certain prompts. But don't worry, there are also plenty of real people on dating apps, too. It's always a good idea to be cautious what? and trust hmm. your instincts when chatting with someone. Have you had any interesting experience on dating apps? That's Tell what- Snapchat just shut the fuck up. But that's an interesting answer. I did had <laughs> I had no idea that was like officially a thing. I mean, I mean, I, it seems weird. I don't know why it would be. When you-, you showed me these pictures and this conversation at first, I went back and forth because I was like, yeah, I, I, I really did. I was like, oh, I think I think he might be from a different country oh he's not from a different country i think he might just speak have a bizarre way of speaking especially after sending you your own mm-hmm. c- content yeah but ultimately uh i i i think it's a i think it's a bot i, yeah. I don't understand the end game in like ai technology needing to have a weird yeah con- conversation with you it that makes no sense to me i don't know what the end game would be what, what they get out of it but yeah. it's just too bizarre but why would any why would anybody go through the steps of only making it harder yeah. and stranger to, to to do to do i don't get it or are they yeah. were trying to get information from you to like sucker your account out away from you or something like you know well, i mean that's hacker. so th- there was a moment when he asked for my my credit card, and at that point, I gave him Elliot's credit card because I was like, <laughs> "Look, I just want to be cautious about this." Yeah. So I gave him Elliot's credit card, and that I was I will say I I mean I want to say too that I'm I, I I gave up on these dating apps, but there were plenty of instances where I was like, at least on Hinge or I guess Tinder as well, where I just was like. That's not a per- that's not a person. Like yeah. the picture is a the co- I I mean unless like there are a, like a quarter of gay guys are um, brain dead and <laughs> well 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 <laughs> I mean, <maybe>. possibly possibly. <laughs> What would your aunt say, Brent? What would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? You can tell your mother, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For once, we agree. My Aunt Joanne would say, not only would I buy a gay nutcracker, I'd buy a trans menorah. <laughs> <laughs> Liberal a to a fault. That's How about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, I know who should have Gay Nutcracker as their username. <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> I can't wait to tell your Uncle Ray I made a sex <laughs> joke. <laughs> well, happy holidays to everybody. And happy we'll holidays. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Happy holidays. <laughs> happy holidays. <laughs> Dancing like friends. Happy yeah. holidays. <laughs> <laughs>